Thanks for tuning in to the HR Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Lucinda Carney. The HR Uprising is focused on helping forward-thinking people professionals deliver real lasting value in their organisations. I'm a chartered psychologist, speaker and trainer, and recently authored the best-selling business book, How to Be a Change Superhero. My day job is founder and CEO of software and training business Actus. This gives me the opportunity to work with other businesses like yours. We are focused on building a better workplace for people wherever they are located with the help of our performance, learning and talent management software and our training and consultancy services. Every week on the podcast, I will be covering different topics and challenges, joined by relevant experts and real-life people professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoy and get value from this week's episode. Just a reminder, if you're interested in working with me on our forthcoming Change Superhero virtual training programme, then you can get more information about this if you just go and take a look at hruprising.com. Our next intake takes place, I think, is the 4th of November. I'm really looking forward to working with a bunch of people then. It's always great fun, lots of learning, very, very practical and um, relatable to your organisation. So if it's your chance to get some some self-development and you want to be a change superhero, why not check out this training course and come and work with me? Hope to see some of you there soon. Hello and welcome to this week's HR Uprising podcast and I'm delighted to have a guest with me this week to talk on a topic that we've not covered before on the HR Uprising and I think it's a really interesting um, and quite a broad topic but also quite niche as well Jennifer. So I'm really really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, I've got Jennifer McClellan who's here from Atkins, I'm going to get you to introduce us because you're actually an HR professional yourself in your own right but we're going to focus in on a way in which you've got an EDI initiative about um, supporting working parents, but particularly going into the area of pregnancy loss, which might kind of seem quite specialist as well. So would yeah. you like to just tell us a little bit about your role, where you work and perhaps how you got into this area? Yeah, sure. Um, having me on the podcast. Um, so I am an HR business partner at Atkins, which is an engineering consultancy firm. Um, I support one of our um, divisions Um, supporting the uh, directors of that division um, in terms of how we achieve the business plan, how we um, implement the wider people plan within our division. Um, So, yeah, quite a a broad ranging um, mix of strategic and operational role. And I guess in an engineering firm, is it quite a, a male dominated environment there? What's the demographic like? Yeah, so when I first joined Atkins, which was more years than I care to remember, I think I I joined and I said, I'll stay for five years. And I think it's now 13 (laughs) years later. Um, So when I first joined, the gender split was about 80-20, so 80% male, 20% female. Um, And that has improved, um, but it is still quite a, a male dominated industry in general. Um, although things are things are improving yeah um, and um, in my I've, d- I've done a number of different HR roles um, at Atkins 
And as part of that, I've been able to see some of the things that work really, really well and maybe some of the things that where we could do things better and, and differently. Um, and one of the items that I uh, kind of identified was around how we support women returning from maternity leave. And I thought this was really crucial to helping us with our gender balance, because if we are losing people um, after maternity leave, then we're losing not only the skills to our business, but potentially the skills to the industry as a whole. Um, and people on returning from maternity leave are generally the people that we have trained, they're experienced, they're knowledgeable. Um, and then that kind of leads into the whole role model piece that if we're losing people at mid-career, they're not seeing female managers and, and it all becomes a bit of a, a bit of a circle. Um, so in 2015, I founded a, a private group. I called it ParentNet because I'm not very creative, <laughs> but I, I wanted it to do what it said on the tin. Yeah. Um, and so that was a private group for women to talk about their experiences of returning from maternity leave. And I'd heard some experiences that weren't great. Um, and it wasn't that there was anything deliberate that was happening, um, but it was just, I think, you know, in, in a male dominated industry, people not understanding or people not thinking. Um, and managers, once somebody had said they were pregnant, perhaps managers not um, giving those women um, meaningful work anymore and and that came from a place of I want to protect them um, I don't want to send right. them out on site anymore rather than anything um, malicious yeah um, and again returning from maternity leave perhaps not really understanding that kind of emotional journey and just expecting people to pick up where they left off um, so I founded that in 2015 and then in 2016 we opened that up to be a public group um, open to all parents, carers, interested parties, managers, etc. Um, just to, um, I guess, get greater awareness of, of the issues, provide some support and training to managers, as well as the support to the individuals themselves. Um, so it's it's been quite a journey, um, and we've done all sorts of um, great things. So we've had um events in conjunction with our lgbt plus network with our women's professional network with our disability network um talking about the things that really affect people and not shying away from some of those quite difficult conversations um so we've had conversations around um perinatal mental health um talking about both men and women um and we've talked about um, children's mental well-being as well. Um, and then in 2018, we signed up to the Equality and Human Rights Commission Working Forward Pledge, um, which just underlines our commitment to supporting people, um, new expectant mothers, new parents, um, but ParentNet goes wider than that um, to support everybody no matter what their um, family journey. So, so, I mean, so it's been going quite a long time then. So you're talking in your sixth year from when you started out. Yeah. When you were saying it was private to public, what does that mean? Is this some sort of platform you have internally? 
Yes, yeah. So um, we use Yammer internally, so we can set the, the settings on that um, to being either um, a group that you have to request to join and you're approved to join, or that it's available to anybody and anybody can see the conversations that's happening and anybody mm -hmm. can join in. So. Yeah. And then when you're talking about so, so um, when you're talking about things like conversations there, and you're saying we've talked about all these different things, are these mm -hmm. virtual conversations or are they physical conversations? So how, how have you sort of facilitated? The, yeah, the discussion? A, mixture of, a mixture of both. Um, so when the group first started, it was all online. Um, so it was all conversations via Yammer, via posts. Um, and initially, so you have to get that momentum going. So initially, it felt like the group was the musings of Jennifer McClellan. Yeah. <laughs> was trying, what am I going to talk about now and, and try and gather that engagement and then listening to what people were saying in the office and think, please put that on Yammer, please put that in ParentNet. And it eventually it gains that momentum. And then... Um, in 2017, we had our first face-to-face -face event, and it was one that we did in conjunction with our LGBT plus and women's professional network. Um, and we did that in our Bristol office. Um, and some of the feedback that we had from, from that, and it was around um, it was around mental well-being, and the feedback that we had around that was that lots of people wanted to attend. Um, but if you weren't based in Bristol, they couldn't go. Um, and actually, this event was organised by the LGBT plus network and it was organised for six o'clock in the evening. And a lot of our membership were saying, well, actually, we've got care and responsibilities. Yeah. We can't attend that. Um, so then in 2018, we held our first online event and that was a webinar um, on Time to Talk Day. And that's where we talked about perinatal mental health. And we had a charity called Bluebell Care and Dads in Mind come in and speak to us. And I also shared my experience of postnatal depression, which, which was really hard to do, actually. Um, but I wasn't diagnosed until my son was three. Right. Um, and because people don't really talk about it, and I didn't want anybody else to go through that journey so I thought if I can share my story and help just one person get the help that they need before I did then then you know it's it's worthwhile and that um, helps people to open up that makes it safe if you're prepared to share your own yeah. story was, and was yeah. that one of the things that motivated you to set this up or to sort of lead this this parent net thing in the first place uh no so so actually what motivated me was um, hearing stories about um, some of my colleagues and, and them returning to work after maternity leave and saying you know, they kind of felt a bit isolated. They came back to work. They didn't see their manager for a week because their manager was off somewhere else. And they were just left to kind of set up all their IT equipment by themselves again and, and just felt a bit kind of floundering. Um, and then um, somebody else, our manager, speaking to me and saying, oh, this person wants to come in for some kit days. Um, so, so the keeping in touch days that people are entitled to before returning from maternity leave. Um, but she's had twins, so she's not going to return to work anyway. So it's going to be really disruptive. I don't know why she wants to come in. How can I say no? And that's, well, 
no, how can you say yes? And how can you make it a meaningful experience? Um, so, how do you, so how do you know why, she's not going to come back as well? Exactly, exactly. Um, and maybe she doesn't, but actually, you know, maybe that's why she wants to come in for a kit day is to see whether it's going to work for her or not. And surely you want to know that sooner rather than later so that you can plan for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's what motivated me. And actually, I, um, at the time, hadn't considered starting a family. So that would be my warning to people. <laughs> right. <laughs> If you're doing this, you might want to start your own family afterwards. <laughs> That's interesting. It didn't put you off then in terms of no. the, <laughs> but you bring your own experiences to, to it. So in terms of this sort of, um, you said it took a while to get momentum. What's the proportion of people, what sort of numbers or percentages are you talking about in terms of involvement now? And what's the mix of um, you know, carers and male, female and that type of thing? Yeah, so... Um, because on Yammer, you don't have to actually press the join button to be part of the network. It's, it is quite difficult to know how many um, members we've actually got. Um, but we are one of the more, um, the, one of the networks that has got most engagement. Right. Um, so we've got about 800 members. If you look at the who's clicked the join button, we've got about 800. Um, but when I look at the stats of who's posted um, and who's who's liked the post and engaged with the post, it tells you that um, you know X percent are members and X percent are non-members. So we know that we've got a wider reach than that. Um, right. In terms of um, percentage of, of male female, it's it's a real mix. Um, so I would say in the beginning we probably had more women joining it, mm-hmm. but we can see now that the um the posts the replies the engagements it it's a a real mix and it's it's probably quite equal now as well um and we have um because we're a global organization although what i talk about is quite uk specific we do have members from across the globe and we know that because of some of the work that we've done around um, highlighting pregnancy and baby loss. Um, we've had that engagement from people globally um, wanting to share their stories and to get involved with what we're doing. So that's, I mean, uh, just before we go on to that um, specific point, because I know you've got a toolkit, which I think is um, be good to explore in terms of this. So you, so your membership, did you say you've got about 13,000 people? Is that in the UK or worldwide in terms of the overall business? Oh, you're testing me now. <laughs> Sorry, did, you, did you not say that? Did I see that on LinkedIn or something? I felt yeah, it, I like was, that on LinkedIn. It's, it's roughly that. I was just kind of I was trying to get my head around the sort of percentage of people. What would be so if someone's listening to this, thinking what's a good num- amount yeah. of engagement? So you've got roughly that's like for argument's sake, you've got ten percent people who have physically signed up, but you've got more than yeah. that they're engaging. Yeah. Um, in, yeah. Term, in terms of yeah. that, and an equal, and it's not just the women, which I think is really interesting in terms of a proper. Yeah um you know edi type approach and so th- yeah. these people are engaging and supporting each other giving each other advice are they someone posts a problem or are they sharing experience what would be a typical sort of discussion yeah it can, it can be absolutely anything so we've had all sorts from um the politics of children's parties um and um you know looking after pets um you know, dealing with the kind of 
oh, the, the pet fish has died and my five-year-old is devastated, <laughs> um, to work-related, um, you know, I, I want to put a flexible working request in, but I kind of don't know how to talk to my manager about that. Can somebody help me? Um, and we've recently had um, a webinar about adoption. So again, it's people supporting each other around, you know, well, I'm going through that experience as well. Maybe we can we can talk offline about it. Um, people returning to work and, and wanting a bit kind of, you know, I've just dropped my child off at nursery and I feel like the worst parent in the world I'm in floods of tears and everybody's piling in saying it's okay and we all felt like that and it's you know ring the nursery at lunchtime they won't mind they're expecting it and I'm sure you'll find it's okay um yeah so so it's a real mix of things that are work related and things that are personal and and social and I think that's really important as well because we want people to to be themselves at, at work and to bring their whole selves to work. And if you're worried about something outside of work, that's going to impact on you in work. Yeah. And sometimes you've got these external support networks that sometimes aren't really that supportive, like mum's net, which can be a real kind of um you know sometimes it's a bit of a pylon and, and criticism and, and a way of it's um, always an anonymity isn't there on those sorts of ones because it is kind of just yeah. on the internet whereas you guys have all got the same belonging it's almost bringing your belonging because you're all part of that same the same business yeah. so you have yeah. a commonality yeah. There. yeah and a real understanding appreciation of actually people's circumstances because they're working in in similar environments yeah so you know they're we're all working at an engineering consultancy firm some people might be working in an office some people might be working on site but you've got that ex- shared experience and you don't have to explain people people know yeah yeah and that's ahead and, and that whole thing that bring your whole self to work I, I mean it's interesting I don't know whether you've got so far as this or whether you you might but you could imagine that this is this could be almost a retention tool because people feel part mm-hmm. of something they belong. I mean, they, yeah. they feel they belong to something and feel supported. Um, yes. Independent of line managers. Yeah. When um, I started the network, our um, turnover of women um, either not returning from maternity leave or leaving within the first 12 months was 19%. It's yeah. now 7%. Wow. That's quite impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So then to go, let's let's go on to this sort of specific area of focus where you focused in on pregnancy loss. How did you mm-hmm. how did you end up in that area? Yeah, so um, it was something again that came from um, an experience of a friend of mine. So I saw a post that she'd put on Facebook about baby loss awareness week. Um, and I knew that she had experienced some losses, but I hadn't heard about Baby Loss Awareness Week. So I was quite intrigued and I found out a little bit more. And I thought, I know some people outside of work that have experienced loss. I must know people within work who've experienced loss, but I don't know of them. Mm. It's not something that we talk about. Um, so I thought, let's post about it on ParentNet and see what happens. 
see if people want to talk about it and want to share their stories um, or you know is, is the reaction because we're supporting working parents um, our population could be people who are currently pregnant um, could be just returning from maternity leave or you know they've they've got children in their teens 20s 30s um, and they might not it might not go down particularly well um, so so I kind of tentatively this was back in 2019 we tentatively um, kind of put it out there um, and you know said we want to break down the stigma around loss mm. and the reaction was phenomenal and we did have people who wanted to share their story and I, I put I put a post sorry <laughs> oh, I was emotional yeah, I put a post that said, um, you know, if you'd like to share your story or if you'd just like to post your baby's name, please do that. And the one that really got me, it still gets me now, is there was a post that simply said Ben. Oh. And we had other people, um, you know, again, thanking us for, for raising it. And um, one person who said that, she um, had a miscarriage um, a few years before and then um, she has subsequently had uh, a child who was born on the due date of the baby that she lost and she can't talk about it within her family because they don't want to talk about it. Um, and so she always finds that her child's birthday is both a cause for celebration, but also yeah. sadness. Yeah. So she really welcomed being able to have this forum where she was able to connect with other people and talk about her experiences. I was just really proud that we were able to offer that to people. Yeah, because you like you say, you're not quite sure what the response is going to be, whether it's going to be profound or not. Then suddenly there's kind of a an un, I, well, and a sort of overwhelming response to it in terms of giving mm -hmm. people permission to, to to raise something that that would have been seen as taboo, I suppose, and and yeah. actually provide that support that they're not getting elsewhere. That you've almost got to sweep it under the carpet, like it almost like a dirty mm -hmm. secret or something. Mm -hmm. But actually, that people really want to recognize, recognize and remember. That yes. child whatever the position was so you've given it yeah platform do you think the fact that you'd already built the trust on the parents net platform already was key to that being so successful in terms of people being open to it or do you think that would it would probably have stood on its own yeah that's a really interesting question I don't think I've considered that previously but I think probably yes um you know because otherwise if you're just out of the blue saying no, we're going to talk about this now and people don't know you mm. um, and I think because I've always been really very active within that group um, and people do see me as as the lead of that group people contact me offline um, so so perhaps by me posting that and also by giving people the option to be anonymous if they wanted to right um, so so Yammer um, when you post it comes up with your name there isn't an option to be anonymous um, 
but I gave people the option of contacting me offline. Right, so you could post on their behalf. Post on their behalf. These are really useful things. So, so I guess this is then taking this forward. If someone's listening to this, thinking actually this is really inspiring, I'd like to to do something. So, so certain things I've heard you say is that you know you you started it off, gave people the public private option. Um, mm-hmm. You you've made it safe and you've built trust by doing it over yeah. a period of time. You've also led by example. So online, offline, asking people to do it and putting information out there yourself in terms of that sharing your own challenges as well so opening up so really leading by example and then making it safe for people to be able to come to you offline um and decide whether they want to share things openly or otherwise so those all sound Mm -hmm. like um good learning points for people if they wanted to do something like this similar themselves yeah Yeah. was there anything else that you would say that um well you say you've taken this forward into a toolkit have you this um particular topic yeah so in, in 2020, um, when Baby Loss Awareness Week came around again, we wanted to, um, again, um, com- note that. Um, and we always give a bit of a warning before it happens. Um, so last week, I've already posted in the group that Baby Loss Awareness Week is coming up 9th to the 15th of October. We'll be talking about pregnancy loss. If you don't want to engage with the group during that week, we completely understand that. So that because for some people it is really difficult. And again, we don't want to out of the blue just, you know, start talking about this and, and you know, causing some distress. Yeah. So we always put at the beginning of our posts trigger warning and we say what we're going to talk about and then we'll talk about it. And then people know whether they want to engage or whether they want to scroll by or whether they just don't want to engage with the group at all that week. So in in 2020, after we had such a good response in 2019, we thought um, we want to do something a bit more tangible. Um, And by this time, I'd got a working group established as well. So this is probably a a really good learning for people that I founded the group in 2015 and kind of ran it all by myself (laughs) up until 2019 when I got a working group together. Um, and I would probably say that was that was too late. Um, could have done with some some support before then. So so that would be my learning point for people. Um, and what does, so what's the learning? What does the working group do? The working group kind of um, takes on some of the the burden of responding to posts, and not that it's a burden, but the the, yeah. the workload. Um, I can't do everything myself. The group has got so big now, I can't do everything myself. And we then can talk about, okay, where do we want the group to go? What do we want to focus on this year? Um, And we've achieved so much this year um, and last year, actually, although last year was much more reactive because of of, um, the pandemic and lockdowns, um, that I couldn't have done all of that by myself. Um, So I'm not having to organise all of the events now. Other people are doing that. I'm not having to come up with all the ideas now. Other people are doing that. Um, And I work part time as well. I work four days a week. So it's really handy, particularly when you've got awareness weeks. It's really handy that you've got other people there so that there there aren't days that are missed because I'm not there. It's weird. This is an awareness week and we do something every every day. yeah, so that and that's it's good to share it. Group. It's good in terms of the involvement as well. So it shouldn't doesn't isn't all about you. It is it takes on a life of its own. I think that's probably 
that's a really good yeah. thing that you've set it up to be like that and it's much more reflective as well so I've got my experience um I am I'm married I'm in a heterosexual relationship I have one child who's primary school age the working group um has people with different experiences um you know so single parent um perhaps older children um more than one child um we are looking to make sure that our working group is is even more reflective so we want to um try and attract some people to that working group that are adoptive parents um or an lgbt family um so that we we make it as reflective as the population um overall which means that we're addressing everybody's needs and concerns yes yeah um so 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 in 2020 what we did then was we um again uh doing the research around baby loss awareness week and and what that what the themes were we were making sure that we were posting every day posting some um you know some some questions and discussion points um sources of signposting people um to sources of support um but we wanted to do something more tangible as well so we invited people to um share the names of a, a child that they'd lost so either whether that was pregnancy loss or whether that was baby loss um and if they if, if the loss was a, a miscarriage at a point where they hadn't named the child they could share their own name if they wanted to and what we did then was we um got some commemorative trees within the heart of England forest so we have seven silver birch trees in the heart of England forest this oh that's lovely it's emotional again yeah, that's really lovely <laughs> um and we have a plaque with all of those names um and again the feedback from that has has been brilliant and the feedback as well from people saying that um those babies didn't have the chance to be part of a community and to make friends and that's giving it to them isn't it yes Sending, yeah. send, I wonder if, if the listeners will be able to hear the emotion coming through you've given me goosebumps <laughs> in terms of the emotion it's such an emotive topic and what a wonderful concept though to get the names there and so they're part of the 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 family the Atkins family that you've given them yeah you know extended yeah. and and people can, you know, some some of those people might already have their own um, places that they can visit and memorials, and and some of them don't. So this gives them somewhere that um, they can go to and they can, they can visit, um, and they can they can see those those trees and just spend time there. It's such a beautiful location as well. I've been and it's it's beautiful location. Um, but I mentioned earlier in the call that we have global reach. Um, and we had some people from America contacting us and giving us names and wanting to be part of that group in the forest in England. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, that's. I mean, again, it's, that's just so much bigger than being part of a business, isn't it? And, and so much bigger than a parent network in terms of things. That's yeah. very, very meaningful. Um, yeah, it's, how... it's more about just saying, oh, we want flexible working. Yes, yeah. it's about really supporting what matters to people and and showing that we care as a as a business about what cares what what they care about 
And actually on that note, um, what level of sponsorship do you get from um, you know, senior management in terms of this sort of thing? What's How does it sit there? Yeah, so um, we have each of our EDI networks has a senior sponsor um, and the sponsor for ParentNet um, is the um, managing director um, for Europe. Um, so the reason that he wanted to, to get involved is partly because you know, he's, he's a father himself, but also um, he used to work in the, um, in the UK business um, and, and worked quite closely with me at one point. Um, he's now MD of Ireland, which covers, uh, sorry, of Europe, which covers Scandinavia and Ireland, um, and wants to kind of broaden out that, that reach and that awareness um, to, you know, wider than just the UK and into the, into the Europe business and provide that support, um, which, which is fantastic because we've achieved some things through that sponsorship, which we wouldn't have been able to previously. And so last year during pandemic, we did a laptop for homeschooling loan scheme, um, approached our IT department who said, yeah, we think this is a great idea, but actually our policies say you can't use them for personal use and we can't lend them out to um, to people for, for personal use and allow their families to use it. And I was like, well, the policy wasn't really written with a pandemic in mind. So, so let's see what we can do. And in my role, I couldn't have influenced that. But with the, the help, the support of the senior sponsor, he's been able to talk to his peers um, and, and get that moving. And we supported 200 families with laptops during lockdown. Brilliant. That's good. I bet, and I bet also the whole thing of your, the parents' net, the conversations there during lockdown, that whole stress and challenge of homeschooling, yes. I'm sure it was quite active in that area. It was, yeah. So yeah. Um, I guess if just final words, with any other things that you would share with listeners here in terms of we come up with some practical things, bring your working group yeah. on earlier, um, mm-hmm. anything else that you'd share that might be useful as takeaways for people? Um, I guess, th- uh, so the one thing we haven't talked about is, um, so we talked about 2019, 2020, 2021, what we're doing now is we're launching a pregnancy loss um, support toolkit um, and this provides some some guidance and support materials to um, individuals experiencing pregnancy loss, their managers and colleagues. And a key learning from this is how we developed that was um, talking to people who had experienced loss and asking them about um, what worked well for them um, and perhaps what wasn't as supportive or, or what could even have compounded um, their distress. And then um, coming up with some, some guidance and, and support. So again, what we found is that people really want to help, um, but sometimes they don't know what to say and they can end up saying something that's quite clunky or, or unhelpful um, because they want to fix something. So they want to say, oh, you're still young, you can try again. Well, that's kind of not really helpful when you're experiencing that loss, but that's not coming from a bad place. It's coming from a place of wanting to make somebody feel better. Yeah. Um, so we've got some guidance around things, you know, what to say, what not to say, um, signposting to sources of support. Um, sometimes our, our managers 
maybe haven't supported anybody who's been through this before and they don't know what to do, what policies to look at. So we're signposting to, you know, our compassionate leave policies, to when is utilising our sickness policy the correct thing to do. Um, how do you support not just the individual, but the partners as well? Um, does surrogacy count? You know, if, if um, the surrogate mother has had a miscarriage, yeah. um, is the um, the person, um, you know, who, who was going through that surrogacy journey, are they entitled to support? Um, so lots of different issues that, that we're trying to talk about and just make that journey in work easier. Um, because it's a really or can be a really distressing time for for people outside of work and I think what's really key there as well is being led by the individuals because each individual have a different journey um, and not everybody will feel the same way and sometimes some people will just take it in their stride and say this is just part of the journey of becoming a family and then if you're telling them that actually you need to have two weeks compassionate leave and you need to do this and you need to do that, that can then make them feel like they're not doing it right. Yeah. Um, but each journey is completely different um, and you need to be led by the employee and the individual. So, so and, and I guess the journey is going to continue, carry on listening to the employees and the individuals and you can just layer yes. layer this. Um, yes. If, I guess in terms of our listeners, it's, it's a, you're, this is what you're doing in your own organisation. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not like you can necessarily signpost people to the resources or anything. But um, would it be OK to sort of if people wanted to reach out to you, whether it's from their own mm-hmm. opinions or they want to set something up themselves and learn from your uh, experiences? Um, yeah. How would they get hold of you in, in terms of this? What's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah. So, um they could contact me via LinkedIn. You can message me on LinkedIn um, or via Twitter. Mess- uh, connect with me or message me on, on Twitter. Um, and then we can arrange whether it's a, um, you know, a, a phone call or, you know, video meeting or in-person meeting. If we're still doing those, um, <laughs> some, some, uh, some advice and guidance over, over email, I'd be glad to do that. Um, we also worked really closely with the Miscarriage Association to develop this toolkit. Um, so again, I would say go and have a look at the Miscarriage Association website. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, speak to them. They're absolutely brilliant. So we drafted our, um, our toolkit and then we had various questions. We said, oh, we're not sure about the wording on this. Does this sound OK? Or what might people feel about that? sent it over to our contact at the Miscarriage Association, who was absolutely fantastic and gave us, you know, lots of of support and guidance around that. And also, um, we're going to be doing a launch webinar um, internally. So again, Miscarriage Association are going to support us with a webinar for um, individuals and line managers to launch this pregnancy support toolkit. That's great. So that's I'll put what I'll do is on the show notes as, as ever people know where to find the show notes by now in the HR uprising. Mm-hmm. We'll put your your Twitter um, link and your LinkedIn link and also the Miscarriage Association. I'm sure we can Google it, but we can put that there um, for people yeah. if they want to go and signpost it themselves. And actually, um, you're on our HR uprising group as well, aren't you? So people yeah. can come in there and have a conversation with you in there as well. Yeah, absolutely. So other, other places where we can share information. Uh, thank you so much, Jennifer, for coming on and, and sharing 
your, your insights in that area. I think it's really great to have someone who's internal, a practitioner, something very real that um, people can do. And I guess you can scale it down to the size of the business you are. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're going to have different levels of engagement, but um, <laughs> some really good content there that people can, can think about. Uh, you know how they can support people and really really sort of that sense of belonging is what really strikes me something really really meaningful you're doing yeah. with people in the workplace thanks so much for joining the hr uprising thank you very much for having me i really hope you found this week's episode useful and enjoyable if you did perhaps you could recommend us to a friend or colleague or give us a review on your platform of choice It really helps new listeners to find us. Now you can access links to any of the information mentioned in this show via the website www.hruprising.com. Further free resources are also available at www.actus.co.uk. There you can also find out more about our software and training solutions. Finally, why not join our LinkedIn group, The HR Uprising? to share ideas and collaborate with other like-minded people professionals. Thank you for listening to the HR Uprising podcast.